Chuck Dolan fired it. Go ahead. I'm on scene at 108 South 17. We've got uh, light smoke showing from a single-story commercial building. Working fire, make it a regular alarm. Engine one upon arrival. Let's uh, let's see if we can get in. Let's see if there's an FDC in the back before we do anything here. I'll be establishing the Street Command. It's actually in the early morning hours, so I've got a very busy weekend this weekend. Um, my, uh, We're celebrating my daughter's upcoming 16th birthday that we've been preparing for for a while. We're excited and hope, uh, hope hopefully see a lot of good friends and family at this event um, to celebrate my daughter. Um, and of course, it's it's Father's Day weekend, which is what uh, inspired me to come on the air and, and do a little little discussion about Father's Day and what it means to me. Um, it's 1.10 a.m. on uh, June 18, 2022, and um, I wanted to get this out before before we had to dig into what we've got going on with my daughter, and I didn't want to take anything away from, from my dad. I wanted to make sure that uh, that I'm able to share with you a little bit about, uh, about uh, my father. So growing up in St. Louis, Missouri, we grew up on 11016 Baywood Terrace in uh, St. Louis County. And um, my dad was the born and raised in St. Louis in downtown St. Louis. And uh, he was the youngest of four, um, where I was the oldest of four. And um, we happened to share the same name. I'm a junior. And my mom, I remember my mom telling me uh, recently, I, I don't know when the discussion came up, but we talked about names and and originally my dad did not want to name me after him. He wanted me to have my own identity. And, um, you know, just looking back, I've always been proud to carry uh, my father's name. Um, it's really, really an honor to, to have that. Um, maybe there is some value to being able to have your own identity. Um, but I know for me and my dad, um, I'm honored to carry his, his name. Um, so growing up on that street on Baywood Terrace, I remember being, I, you know, I'm, I'm either blessed or I'm cursed with a good memory, but I remember, uh, in his closet, um, uh, I, I specifically remember, uh, mornings on the weekends when mom and dad would sleep late, uh, me hanging out in their closet. And I remember these old, these old, um, uh, softball or baseball spike shoes that my dad had it they had holes in them they were wore out and I remember always trying to put those on and walk around um I couldn't wait to wear my own set of spikes you know and I I don't know why that that memory comes to mind but I I I just always remember getting into his closet and trying on his different shoes and and maybe it it was a metaphor for uh, what was to come but um, going back as far as I can remember, I can always remember my, my dad being there for me. 
um, my dad was a salesman. He covered the Midwest uh, for sales. He sold mostly to chemical plants or, or different type of plants that ran up and down the Missouri and the Mississippi River. And, uh, you know, he had a nameplate on his door, and, and my brother used to make fun of me. I mean, we were small, but I, I, I remember putting my own nameplate on my door, um, and I put sales on there. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to be a salesman like my dad. So growing up, we, we were we were blessed. A mom and dad sacrificed so that we could attend a, a private school, uh, which happened to be a Catholic school. And um, my dad was the, uh, since I was the oldest, I got all the benefits of being the oldest. Um, in other words, uh, I was the first one that everybody tried everything out with. And my dad just happened to be the coach of our baseball team. We would play other Catholic schools throughout the year. And uh, it was a lot of fun, and um, I remember that, uh, you know, I, I still have friends that I talk to today that talk about how good of a coach my dad was. Um, I've seen him have to put up with a lot of lot of stuff um, from us getting into it with other teams or, or uh, things being said from the bench where he'd have to get involved. I remember one time me and a buddy were able to some, semi-pull off the hidden ball trick and it was very controversial. I also remember that same buddy flipping off the uh, the other team's bench when they they called him some kind of name, and my dad had to walk out to the mound and call, calm my buddy down to chill out. But this one game in particular, I remember, I don't know if it was, I guess it would have been for Christmas because we played ball in the summer. I don't think it was my birthday, but um, I, I got a bat when I was a kid. My folks had gotten me a bat, and it was a black bat, and um, it was super long. It was it was obviously an adult bat, but for whatever reason, it was it was um, it was given to me, and it was wooden. And I I had a lot of a lot of uh, I really liked that bat. And I remember the first time I actually went to use it. it. It had to have been the first or second time I went to use it in a game. Um, the bat was so long that when I struck the ball, um, it split my bat in half. And I, I'm thinking I was in first or second grade. And I just remember just bawling and crying and crying, and it it wasn't that the, it wasn't that the bat had broken um, and was destroyed. It was that my mom and dad had given me that bat, you know, and it was something that uh, that I I cherished. And uh, I just going back, I remember a lot of a lot of situations like that. Um, Throughout life, I've I've had the tendency to look up to people, um, and rightfully so. You know, look look and in, be in search of people in my life, uh, uncles, um, friends. You know, other kids' dads um, to be to be um, to be helpful and help me uh, get along in life. And you know, the funny thing is, is that. I remember this one time I had asked my uncle to stand in for me at, uh, I believe it was confirmation and which was a sacrament I was receiving in about the sixth grade. And, you know, my uncle wasn't able to make it and it's not, it's looking back, it's not a big deal. He had his own family, you know, he had his own commitments and, um, I remember my, my dad was the one who stood in for me as my sponsor, you know? Um, he was the one I could always count on. And, um, 
continuing on, I remember we had moved out to St. Charles County and I started going to a public school, but I still wanted to go to a Catholic high school. And I wanted to go to the one that my dad went to and my grandpa went to, which was St. Louis University High School. I wanted to be a junior Billiken. By the way, check out our, our episode on the, the Billiken theory. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, but anyway, I wanted to go to St. Louis U High, and I remember my mom and dad taking me downtown. I remember my dad taking a day off of work one day to take me to the campus and show me the high school. It was an all-boys school. Um, like I said, it was a Catholic Catholic school. And um, he took me down and gave me a tour. And, and you know, looking back... I didn't. I didn't necessarily know why. I mean, I knew why I wanted to go there, but um, we ended up interviewing with the uh, priest. I got called. I applied. That was the only place I applied to. There's several, several Catholic high schools around that city, and uh, that was the only one. That was like it was it or nothing, all or nothing. And I remember interviewing, and um, I didn't get the. I didn't get accepted. You know. And I was heartbroken. I remember, uh, I remember, I was really, really disappointed that I didn't get accepted to that school. But the funny thing is, is that I didn't. It wasn't that it was a Christian, you know, Catholic school. It wasn't that it was an all boys school. It wasn't. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was the fact that my dad was an alumni of there, and his dad was an alumni of that, and that's why I wanted to go there. You know. I wanted to be I wanted to be just like my my father. So we moved to Texas. I graduated high school and we moved to Texas and um we're we're living in a town outside of Houston uh called League City in Galveston County and I I joined I joined I had left the fire department in Missouri and I joined this volunteer fire department in League City and uh it, everything was going good. I'm 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 19 you know, 19 years old, 20 years old, uh, 21 years old. And I guess my dad realizes that, man, like, um, you know, you're, you're like, a. he never said this, of course, but what had happened is I had become a career volunteer. If that makes sense to anybody, I was treating a volunteer job as if it was a career. And, uh, my dad was actually the one to light a fire under me. He actually went down to Texas city and got me registered at college of the mainland to go to the next fire academy and he was the one that motivated me to like get off my my deal and, and get on with with life and um during the time when we lived in lake city i remember i was working for a company that sells fire trucks and fire equipment and uh, we were contracted to change out all the leaf springs i don't know the, the city of houston had just accepted x amount of pumpers uh fire engines and there was a recall on the on the front leaf springs, and and I was a, like a mechanics helper. I'm, I'm not a very good mechanic. I know how a lot of that stuff works, but it's very difficult for me to turn a wrench or figure out how the easiest way to take. I'm, let me put it this way: I'm really good at taking stuff apart. Just don't ask me to put it back together. Um. Anyway, so I'm helping helping this guy Roy out. We're downtown at the city of Houston's Fleet Service Center. <clears throat> which still is still downtown in the same location. And we're changing out leaf springs and I don't know what was going on, but I had a I had to call dad for something and and I remember being really upset. 
and the gentleman I was with, uh, his name was Roy. And I remember, I'm thinking I had a cell phone. If not, I must have called dad from the shop or something. But I remember hanging up the phone and uh, going to Roy and saying, and, and not not this word, but I said, you know, my dad is such a jerk. It's not the word I use. And Roy, Roy was much older than me. He says, well, he's supposed to be, you know. And I'll never forget that. I just got this dumbfounded look on my face and shut my mouth and like, yeah, you know, like he's supposed to be. He's supposed to keep me in line, you know. And I, I don't to this day I don't remember what the situation was, but um you know, it just uh sometimes I think that uh for me, sometimes uh I take for granted uh, people that come across uh, that take care of take care of me in my life, and uh, I I think may, maybe sometimes we too take it take it for granted uh, those people that that truly care about us. So I finished the fire academy, and um, I'm applying. I'm applying all over the state, uh, going traveling here, traveling there, testing here, testing there. Um, it was back in the day, and it's still still similar. Uh, a lot of applicants, not a lot of positions. And a friend of mine calls me from South Padre Island and says, "Hey, I'm leaving South Padre. Where was he going? I forget where he was headed, but he goes, "There's going to be an opening." He's like, "You can probably get the job down here because they don't have a lot of applicants. The numbers, the ratio is is beneficial for the whoever applies, right?" So. Um, I applied and and they invited me down to to take uh, the test and the the written test physical agility and and this was one trip where I could have made it myself but I remember telling my dad you know when I was a kid I I went on a lot of business trips with my dad there was a place uh, there was a holiday in a holodome in uh, the Quad Cities Iowa where uh, I always remember staying when my dad would go and he every now and then he'd take me at, let me take a day off of school and I'd get to go on a road trip with him and I wouldn't go visit customers with him or anything but I'd hang back at the hotel and get to enjoy the Hallowdome. Anyway, so I said, "Hey dad, I got this job opportunity at South Padre. I had just graduated the fire academy in June, I guess, May or June. And this was August. And uh I said, let's make the run. Let's make one final run, you know. And uh, he did. He took his. He took time off to take me down there. And I'll never forget. Um, I think maybe there was three or four applicants, and there was two positions. And uh, I passed the written. I, I think one or two. Uh, some there were some guys that failed. I, I don't remember how many were there, but I just know that there was only like two or three of us left and there was a very good opportunity a chance that I was going to get this job finished the physical agility and all this was done in the morning like I took the written test and so dad had to go find something to do while he's waiting and like uh I think by one o'clock I'm walking out of that old fire station and uh, on South Padre Island and I walk into the car and I'm like hey dad I got the job you know and um a couple weeks later, uh, we're moving to South Padre, and my folks are getting me set up with everything that 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 uh, I need to succeed. And um, you know, that was a very, uh, very, probably a very rewarding time for him because, like I said, he had to get me off my butt, um, get me motivated to get moving on, and um, 
that was that was one final final trip I'll never forget. I don't even remember what hotel we stayed in. I know we stayed one night. So my my dad's like I said, he's in sales, and um, apparently, uh, I, you know, I remember as a kid I wanted to do some sales stuff too. I want, wanted to be a salesman, and uh, it turns out that uh, he's been very successful in sales. He's retired now. Um, but, um, I've tried to be as good a salesman as him and I've worked really hard, uh, to do that in my other endeavors. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's because of him that I've had some success in sales and customer service. So there's two, two times, there's two times in my life when I've hugged my dad and, uh, I just, they're, they're memorable hugs. The first one is uh, the day my son was born and my mom and dad drove down and they met me outside the hospital. I remember hugging my dad like I've never hugged him before, you know, and that's always that's always stayed in in me. That was in January 22nd of 20 January 22nd of 2003. The second time I hugged him like that was uh, in 2011 when I got promoted to fire captain. And uh, there's even a picture. I, I, I need to find it, but uh, there's a picture where we're embraced in that hug. I don't I don't remember who took that picture, but there's two, two hugs that I'll never forget um, that I really felt like I was making him proud. And it was because of him that I was able to be successful. So some other similarities uh, that my dad and I share. Um, we both had a couple life-changing events uh, around the age of 38. Um, I don't know exactly how his experience was with it, but mine mine uh, so far has proven to be very beneficial and helped me dial in on uh, the way the way I, I should live my life. Um, and then looking at my son, my son uh, pesters me the same way I used to pester my dad. You know, as a kid, I don't think dad had ever, ever uh, whooped me. I think all he had to use was his voice. I remember, I mean, me and my brothers would, mostly my, my younger brother, would constantly do stuff to irritate him, you know? And and now now here I am an adult and my son's, you know, teenager, he's out of the house now, but I see the way my son p- pesters me and, you know, it's just, it's so much similar to the way we used to do it with dad. I remember one time we drove to Florida and for what, I guess we needed to take two cars cause there were six of us and I was old enough to drive. Well, there was a rainstorm in Georgia or somewhere, a horrible rainstorm. And mom was driving the car behind us and me and my brother were in the back seat of dad's car. And I guess I don't know. The kids were split and it's pouring down rain and dad can't see my mom in the rearview mirror. And he's like, Hey, is mom back there? And we're like, um, yeah, she's back there. And then like, like clockwork, one of us was like, Oh, wait a minute, dad, hold on. I don't see her. And he's like, you know, knock it off. You know, I need to be serious. And it's like, we were constantly poking him and probing him and, and it sounds all funny and stuff, but we have no idea what our dads go through on a day-to-day basis, the sacrifices they make, 
the challenges they, they have. I mean, of course, you grow up and you start learning about this stuff and you realize like, man, I was a real pain in the pain in the rear uh, to my folks. But, um, you know, um, I think sometimes dads can be taken for granted. And um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I ended up growing up to be be just like my dad. And uh, I think uh, all along that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and I think that's, that's, uh, that's what, uh, that was what, what was intended for me. And so the one thing that my dad and I share, um, is that we both love my mom, you know, and to me that makes him the greatest dad in the world.